0: we in 1 John chapter 2 this morning, 1 John chapter 2. It's a good reminder if you'd like to sign up for a special, the sign up is on the back uh, bulletin board. You can sign up, just make sure you let me see the song that you choose, please, and get that approved. Still waiting for Tyler to sign up for his solo. He's not done it yet, even though it clearly states it in the deacon responsibilities: one solo every five years. But uh, <laughs> you got time. You got time. <laughs> First John chapter two. We are going through a uh, series on abandoned principles—principles principles that um, Christians have abandoned. And uh, we've talked about a few things so far. We've got this week and next week left. And uh, looking forward to next week's Next week's message is one I've never preached on the topic before. I've been a pastor for 10 years now, and uh, I've never preached on the topic. I'm not going to tell you what it is. You've got to come back and see. Uh, but uh, um, looking forward to that. Uh, today we're going to look at the topic of holiness, of being holy. Um, we, we live in a society that's trying to tell us to, um, basically, if you're happy, then God's fine with it. And we've watched as Christianity has slowly, well, maybe not even slowly, but as merged away from uh, true godliness, holiness, and moved into this, what we read about in the Old Testament with uh, the nation of Israel, of doing religious things that, that we're supposed to do, but also blending it with my own things and kind of doing what makes me happy. And uh, so today I want to, uh, I'm want i going to go about it a little differently than I've gone about it in the past, and we'll see that here in 1 John chapter 2, starting in verse number 3. And the Bible says, and hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. I should say this, I should have said it before I started reading, but... The book of First John is written to Christians. We'll look at that again in just a moment. But that's important to remember because sometimes we read verses, if you just read one of them and, and not, don't read the whole context of the passage, you can start to think, well, wait a minute. Does the verse 3 mean that if I disobey God that I am not a Christian? No, that's not what that means. And we'll talk about kind of the whole concept of this in, in just a moment. But he says there that if we know Him, uh, we do know that we know Him if we keep His commandments. Verse 4 He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God, perfected, completed, satisfied, fulfilled. Uh, It says there, continuing, Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith, he abideth in him, ought himself also so to walk, even as he walked. How did Christ walk? He walked in holiness. And so this morning we're going to look at this concept of holiness and why we should be holy, why we should be righteous, why we should be godly, why we should live a life the way that Christ lived His life. and we ought to walk as He walked. Lord, I pray for Your help this morning. I know that none of us claim to be perfect. I know that none of us uh, claim to be sin-free. But Lord, I also would assume that none of us would claim to be holy. And God, today I pray that as we look at these verses that you've given, Lord, that we will learn of the, uh, the importance of, being, of walking as you walked. Lord, that we would learn the, and be challenged by the thoughts that are in these verses and God, that we would truly make the decision to grow closer to You and to be exactly what You want us to be. And God, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I already talked about it, uh, but this idea that a Christian can kind of live the way that they lived before they were saved or the way that the world lives and be in, in good standing with God is, is false. It is not true. It is impossible To walk in my own desires and please the Lord. We look at the idea of holiness, the idea of being uh, um, fully surrendered to what God desires for me. This idea of walking a surrendered and committed life to Jesus Christ. And we see that again, there is so much in it. It's not new to our society because it's written here in the scripture, we see it throughout the Old Testament. And we see it here in first John as well, because he's talking to a group of Christians and he brings up this topic that we do know that we know him, Jesus, if we keep his commandments. And if I say that I know him and I keep, or if, uh, yeah, if I say that I know him and I don't keep his commandments, then I'm a liar. And the truth is not in me from the earliest of ages. Kids call people liars. They, they pick up on it pretty quick. I remember Camden used to say, liar, you're a liar. Um, he didn't say it to me, he said to his mom. But uh, nonetheless, <laughs> you know, kids, they catch on pretty quick. Wait, you told me one thing, that's not true, you're a liar. And because we say it from such an early age, it kind of loses its depth when you call someone a liar. Um, because you say it about you, you goofy things, right? Um, and things like that. But when God talks about lying and liars, it is always very sincere and very serious in God's eyes. And here we see this, this phrase, this verse given to us He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar and the truth is not in him. I believe, and, and I'm willing to have this conversation with anyone, here in talking about the word "know." the Bible is referring really to more of the fellowship that we have with God, not the salvation that we have through God. So it's the idea of, I, if you say that I know God, that I am in fellowship with God, that there is nothing between me and God, and you keep not his commandments, then you're a liar and the truth is not in you. Because you do not have fellowship with God if you're in sin. You do not have fellowship with God if you're not keeping His commandments. Because the fellowship is broken. Not the relationship, not the fact that Jesus Christ saved me, not the fact that I'm His child. That doesn't change, but the fellowship changes because of the things that hinder the fellowship, the sin within my life. And so he says here that if you say that you know him, that you're in fellowship with him, that you're in uh, a, a perfect relationship with Christ, and you keep not his commandments, you're a liar, the truth is not in you. But he says in verse 5, Whoso keepeth his word in him, verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. And then verse 6 is really the, the key verse today. He that saith, he abideth in him ought. That word is important. Again, this is being written to Christians. And so it doesn't say that the Christian does walk as Christ walked. He says the Christian ought to walk as Christ walks. This and many other verses should take away the mindset that says Well, if I sin, then I no longer have my salvation. I've lost it. Or if I sin, then obviously I've never been saved. Because listen, we're going (laughs) to sin. We're going to. It's not an excuse. All right. I've said this many a times. God doesn't go, oh, well, you're human, so it's okay. No, God still is not okay with your sin. But it doesn't change the fact that me, being human, I'm going to sin. But the Bible does say that I, as someone who claims to know Christ, as someone who claims to be a God's child, if I abide in Christ, I ought to walk as Christ walked. And I believe that's the layman's definition for holiness, walking as Christ walked, because God is holy. And God on this earth, Jesus Christ, was holy even so being a man, a human on this earth. And so if I walk as Christ walked, then I can be holy. So number one, the reason why I should be holy, number one is because God is holy. The reason why I should be holy is because God is holy. We say, and I believe it, I've said it many times, and I think you agree with me, Christ and God, they are one, are our example if christ did it i should do it the i can follow christ he's given me an example and i should walk as he walks and so therefore if i'm going to be holy i should be holy because god is holy i'm following his example i'm walking as he walked turn back a couple pages to first peter chapter one 1 Peter 1, and look in verse number, uh, starting in verse number 15. But as he which hath called you is holy. Who is that? That's God. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, of lifestyle. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And if ye call on the Father, who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. And it goes on. But this idea and this concept, and it was back in Leviticus, I believe, where it was first said, be ye holy, for I am holy. As as your Father is holy, as Him who called you is holy, so be ye holy. And the Bible says in verse 15, in all manner of conversation, in all areas of life, be holy. Don't just be holy on Sundays. Don't just be holy for an hour on Wednesday. Don't just be holy for the first hour of your day. Don't just be holy uh, when you're around family. Don't be just holy when you're around co-workers. Be holy in all manner of conversation, in every area of your life, meaning what you do, meaning what you say, meaning even what you think. Be holy, for I am holy. You see, I ought to be holy because God truly is holy. Look at the next chapter, 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 21. The Bible says, For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. Hey, doesn't that sound familiar to 1 John chapter 2 that we read? christ leaving us an example in the way that he suffered in the way that he lived in the way that he spoke in the way that he acted in the way that he thought leaving us an example so that we can follow in his steps do you ever have a kid you used to hang out with as a kid and your mom or your dad said i don't want you hanging around that person anymore they're a bad example were you the bad example that other kids parents said "Don't, don't don't hang around with that kid the older you get, the more you, you begin to realize for yourself, if I hang around with this person, it's probably going to end up bad for me. I knew people that were good at getting other people in trouble. They would dare kids, I dare you to do this. They would never do it themselves because they knew it was stupid. <laughs> so they would, they would get other people to do it for them. I sat down with teenagers and said, you really need to stop hanging out with this person. It's not good for you. You see, Christ, though, is someone that we can follow every single step of the way. Because He's holy, because He's perfect, because He's sinless. The Bible talks about being perfect, and, and again, understanding that we are not going to be perfect. I think we should strive to be, by the way. I don't think just because we know we're not going to be perfect means that we should just give up on it. We ought to strive to be perfect, to be complete, to be to be sinless. Uh, Sinless from here moving forward to be holy. Why? Because God is holy, and if God is my example, if God is, has given me an example that I can follow, then I should strive to be holy because God is holy. Number two, I should strive to be holy because the world needs to see holiness. Turn over to James. It's back back a couple more pages. James chapter number 2. I need to be holy because the world needs to see holiness. Would it be a surprise to you this morning if I said the world is wicked? No, that wouldn't be a surprise. We know that. God has placed us on this earth, and He's given us a mission, a commission, to go into all the world and reach the gospel, share the gospel to every creature. And he's done that, and he's told us how to do that, right? In Matthew, he says, Lo, I'll go with you, I'll be with you always, even unto the end of the earth. I have power, and I'll go with you. He's talked about it in different verses, by word and deed. Look in James chapter 2, starting in verse number 17. Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God that doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Just to make sure I'm clear, I think we're all on the same page here. Works cannot save you the Bible is very clear Ephesians 2 verses 8 and 9 very clear works have nothing to do with your salvation but the Bible tells us here in James chapter 2 that without works my faith is dead without uh, uh, doing things on the outward so that people can see it my faith dies with me it doesn't get to anyone else my actions my Uh, My works have a major part in the world seeing my faith. Now, if my works are not holy, do you think people are going to see my faith? They are, as a matter of fact. They're just going to see it for what it shouldn't be. But by my holy actions, my righteous actions, my godly actions, by those things, people see my faith and what God has done in my life, and therefore can be shared with other people. He says in verse 18, show me thy faith without thy works, and I'm going to show you my faith by my works, by the things that I do, by my actions. The problem is, is when we go out and our actions are not holy. You've heard the stories of people saying, well, I don't want anything to do with that God. If that's what it's going to be like. Listen, and it's not even um, mean actions necessarily. There are religious people, and people look at that and go, I don't want anything to do with that. There's piousness, there's pride, there's judgmental, there's those kinds of things. Then you on the other side you see someone who's a hypocrite, which either one, I guess, is, but a hypocrite. And you see them and they're saying, they're laughing and they're talking about things they shouldn't talk about, and they're getting involved in things they shouldn't get involved in. And then then they try to share their faith with someone, they go, but you're no different than me. And some people say, well, you've got to be like them to win them. The Bible says you have to be different than them (laughs) to win them, because the things of God and the things of the world are at enmity one with another. My holy actions, being holy, walking as Christ walked, I need to be holy because the world needs to see it. Go back a couple more pages, Hebrews chapter 12. Just two pages back in my Bible, but just back a couple pages. Hebrews chapter 12, look in verse 14. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Well, I've got to go sit at the bar and drink with them so that they can see that I'm, I love them and I care about them. Well, that's not holy well, I've got to go do this so that they think that I'm cool and they'll listen to me. Well, does God say that what, that action is fine and good and holy? If not, then don't do it. The term popular within pastors these days is the term relevant. I have to be relevant. The church has to be relevant so that the world will come in, so we can get more people to come in. You know the Bible does not command for the wicked world to come into the church the bible commands that the church go out and bring them in it's not my job to be relevant to the world as a matter of fact it is my job to be relevant to jesus christ and if i'm relevant to jesus christ then he will lead me to the people that i'm supposed to bring in now i still have to take those opportunities guy could put someone right in front of my face and say, "Go talk to them, and I go eh, i 'm busy, But you see the Bible says in hebrews twelve fourteen that without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. The Bible calls us a peculiar people, and i 've seen people literally take that into being peculiar and weird and odd and and hey, it works for some um, but <laughs> God says, you are a set-apart group of people. You are different. I I have placed you here for a purpose. A peculiar people, different than others. You ought to be different. How? You ought to be holy. There are good people in this world that are not Christians. They're kind, they're loving, they're giving. All of those sorts of things that doesn't lead people to Christ it's my job as a Christian to be holy why because God is holy and he's my example why because the world needs to see it because without holiness they will not see God in me think of churches who have a bad reputation they someone in the church had done something or the church as a whole had bickered or whatever it was and when people hear of that church, it's less likely in a, in a large town, but in a, small towns especially, they hear about these things going on in the church and it just turns them all and say, I'm not going to go to that church. And the reason why is because the church was not holy. And by the church, I mean the people. The people were not holy. Their actions were not holy. Their attitudes were not holy. And because of that, people say, I don't want anything to do with that in this area of the country and and similar regions in the south, there are churches everywhere. And a lot of times what you'll find is people who have been a part of this church for so many years, and then they left, and now they're a part of this church for so many years, and then they left, and then they're part of this church for so many years, and they're kind of just hopping churches every four, five, ten years, whatever it is, because they find out something eventually they don't like about it, and they'll just leave and and go on their separate way. And then you've got a bunch of little churches with a bunch of people who know each other because they've all been in church together at some point in time over the course of the last decade. And they're just kind of jumping around. And and the reason why that is is because there was no commitment. The word holiness has the idea of surrendered commitment to God. And listen, I'm not saying if you leave a church that you're not committed to God. There are good reasons to leave a church. None of this one, but anyways. uh, Good reasons to leave a church. But what happens is, as Christians kind of find someone that they are friends with, or something that they liked, and then when change happens, all of a sudden they're going, "Well, that person left, and I don't, I don't know, I don't. I've never really made friends with anybody else." And a lot of times, that's a two-way street because they haven't went out and tried to make more friends, and because other people didn't weren't friendly. And sometimes it's a one-sided. Whatever. The point is this. They weren't ever committed to doing what God wanted them to do within that church. They were just there for, for a wrong motive. Not necessarily an evil motive, but a wrong motive. You know, when, we, um, when I was in second grade, I think, um, uh, the church that we went to, uh, the pastor had left, and a new pastor had come in, and there were some things with the new pastor that my parents didn't agree with, and we left that church, and we were looking for another church. As we were looking for another church, one of the things we were looking for, my parents were looking for, was a kids ministry did they have something for their children who were at that time second and third grade and that wasn't the only reason we went to the church that we went to it was a reason it was a small church at the time running i don't know 40 50 people and uh but they had a kids program they had a and and uh and i still it's a, i'll tell you the story another day it was a crazy first sunday but anyways uh we're there and and we ended up sticking with that church you know what my parents got involved my parents got us involved. And we were working in the kids' ministries when we were old enough to do so. My dad was a deacon and a trustee at different times. My mom played the piano and the organ and sang in the choir and different things like that. And there was this, this it wasn't just we're going to church because they have a kids' ministry. It was we're going to a church that we prayed about, first of all, and God wants us here. And there's areas that we can get involved and we can commit to. Once you're committed, To the place that God has placed you into then you can be holy wherever that is not just church work uh, the home anywhere once you are committed to knowing this is where God wants me and this is where I'm going to be now I can serve God fully fully surrendered and committed to what God has for me and that's where we have to get to and we have to be holy because if we aren't holy the world cannot see Christ sometimes we say well I have Christian liberty, a dangerous word. It's true, it's, it's biblical, but I have Christian liberty, so leave me alone, I can do what I want. Don't let your liberty um, keep others from coming to Jesus. We can, we've talked about this a lot. We can have differences, and we do have differences. We can have differences and still be holy where God has placed us. But if we get this mindset of liberty and I have the freedom to do what I want and all these kinds of things, and that so-called liberty is keeping us from reaching people, then that liberty is keeping us from being holy. What it ends up being is just selfishness and not actually liberty. It is a, a, a choice to please myself and not please God. We talked about in different terms, liberty last week when we looked at Romans 14. Don't let your your personal liberty keep you from reaching the people that God wants you to reach. Be holy. Be committed. Be surrendered. Be biblical. We need to be holy. Why? Because God is holy, number two, because the world needs to see it. Number three, because we are weak, You can word this different ways. Because I can't be holy, I need to be holy. That's really what I'm trying to get at. (laughs) Because I'm weak, I need to be holy. Look in Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. We're going to read several verses here. Starting in verse 16. The Bible says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Hey, side note, you have a problem with a sin? you have a sin that that you can't get victory over, that you're like, you know, I know I shouldn't do this, I know God doesn't want me to do this, yet I'm still doing it, I need to stop, I know I need to stop. Well, the Bible says here, (laughs) sounds easier than it is, but it says here uh, in verse number 16, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh, walking as He walked. Verse 17, For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And there are uh, these are contrary, the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that you would. So you understand, when you're saved, you still have the old man, the flesh. It's still here. It doesn't go away. But then we are given the Spirit by God. These two things... They don't don't mesh, right? They're different. The spirit and the flesh. And so he says there in 17, the flesh lusts against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. They're contrary. They don't go together. Verse 18, But if ye be led of the spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. Which are these? These are the flesh, okay? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murderers, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So there's your flesh for you. There's a lot of sensual sins, there's a lot of emotional sins, there's a lot of um uh, action sins things that you do physically then he says in verse 22 the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace long-suffering gentleness goodness faith meekness temperance against such there is no law and they that are christ's have excuse me and they that are christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts if we live in the spirit let us also walk in the spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. So here the Bible gives us the, uh, the, the, if I can use the words, fruits of the flesh, what happens through the flesh. Then it gives us the fruits of the Spirit, what happens when we're walking in the Spirit, the result of it. And he says that if we've, uh, those that are Christ, they've crucified the flesh, killing it with the affections and lusts. And if we live in the Spirit... Let us also walk in the Spirit as Christ walked. And sometimes we read through these lists and we begin going, okay, I need to be meeker, I need to be nicer, I need to be patient, more patient, I need to be more peaceful, I need to be more good, I need to have more faith, and, 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 and in doing so I will produce fruits of the Spirit. But guess what? You're not the one that produces the fruit. God is. Being holy has little to do with your actions and much to do with your surrendering to God. It's not about me doing, doing, doing. It's about me saying, God, I am yours and I will do whatever you ask me to do. That's how I become holy. You think, well, if I go to church Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon and Wednesday night, then I'm holy? No. (laughs) If I read my Bible every day, am I holy? No, not necessarily. Holiness is not about the actions that I commit. It's about the attitude that I have towards God. And if I say, God, I am yours, I surrender it to you. God, I am committed to do what you want me to do. Then I can be holy. 1 John 2, 6 that we already read says, He that abideth in me ought to walk as he walked. It starts with the abiding in me. Christ, being in Christ, following Christ. John fifteen ten says, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. You see, we have to get away from the mindset of action, 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 and get back to the mindset of God, you are holy, therefore I am surrendering to you my life. My actions, my words, my thoughts, God, I'm committing them to you. Lord, now help me to be holy. As young children, we are taught, read your Bible and pray every day. We are taught share the gospel with people. We are taught, given the offering. We are taught all these things. And those things are important, and I'm not saying we shouldn't teach those things. But I think we get caught up in the action of religion that we truly fail to give our heart to Jesus Christ. When we are saved, it's it's that moment that God convicts our heart and says, you are a sinner, you are lost as can be, you deserve hell. And he tells us, even though you deserve hell, even though you are wicked, even though you're a slime ball, that's in the Greek. He says, I love you. I sent my son Jesus for you. For by grace are you saved through faith. And when I place my faith in the saving grace of Jesus Christ, I'm saved. And although I believe repentance, it gets tricky in the terminology, repentance is important. It's necessary. If I say, God, I want to be saved, but I'm not going to change my life, God's not going to say, oh, it's okay. It's not how it works. And so when we get saved, we come to this point, this realization of God, without you, I'm nothing. God, without you, I'm going to go to hell. God, without you... I'm gonna keep living this way yet the longer that we've been saved it seems like the more we get in caught up in the action of religion as opposed to the heart of God all of us would agree we're supposed to be holy I think all of us would say we want to be holy well instead of having a checklist of ways to be holy Just walk as Christ walked. And that starts by being fully committed to Jesus. Fully committed to God. Saying, God, here's my heart. Because if my heart doesn't change, my actions aren't going to change. They might change for a little bit, but eventually I'm just going to revert right back to where I was. It all starts here. In order to walk as He walked, Had have to be surrendered as he was surrendered. And Jesus Christ was obedient even to the death of the cross, the Bible says. That's, that's committed. How committed are you to God? Because if you're not committed to God, and listen, this isn't a one-time thing. This isn't a thing where one time you okay, God, I'm committed to you. And then you're good to go for the rest of your life. This is a daily commitment. This is a, honestly a minute-by-minute minute commitment. God, I am committed to you. Lord, I am surrendering to you everything that I have. It's yours. Because I am weak, because I am incapable of being holy, I need to be holy. Holiness starts with being committed to God. It's the only way it's going to happen. The only way it's going to happen is through His help. Why should we be holy? Because God is holy. Because the world needs to see it, and because I'm weak. Today, let's be holy. Let's start simply with the necessary commitment God, to you, I surrender my life, my heart, my actions, my words, my thoughts. God, they're yours. Now help me to be holy. Lord, I pray for your help this morning as we ended with the note that I can't be holy. I'm too weak. I'm incapable. But God, we know that with your help, by your strength, God, we can see the fruits of the Spirit as we're walking in the Spirit. Lord, we can see the fruits of of your holiness through us. God, I pray that you would help us to be holy as you are holy. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to walk as you walked. Lord, today I pray that you'd help us to commit to you the things that we need to commit to you. Lord, I pray as the first step of that commitment is becoming your child. It's accepting your gift of salvation. And God, I pray if there's someone in here today that is not saved, that today they would give to you their life and accept you as Savior. And God, I pray for all those that have already accepted you, Lord. I pray that we would be committed or recommitted, fully surrendered to you so that we can be what you want us to be. I pray this in Jesus' name. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm going to ask you to stand. The piano is going to play. Are you committed to God? Are you surrendered to God? Have you given your all to God? That's the first step. This morning, would you just, if God spoke to you about an area in your life, would you just open up to Him? Just turn it all over to Him. Just say, God, it's yours. I want to be holy, God, but I can't do it without you. God, I'm giving it to you so that you can help me you're here this morning and, and you say, you know what, Pastor, I, I've, I've never been saved. I've never committed my faith to God to accept His gift of salvation. And I'd like to do that. You can come up to the front. I'll turn the microphone off. You can come up to the front. And then we'll get someone to show you from the Bible how you can know for certain that you're saved. You can talk to me after the service. But don't wait. Take care of it today. If you are saved, commit, recommit, surrender, resurrender, whatever it is to God. Your heart, your life, because the world will not see Jesus without holiness. Lord, today I give to you again this church, that this church would be holy, and God, we commit everything that we do as a church, as a group, as a unit, Lord, we give it to you, and we ask for your power, for your strength, Lord, for your help, and Lord, I pray for each of us as we deal individually with the things you've spoken to us about today, God, we just need your help, and we're asking for it today. Give us a good rest of our afternoon, Lord. We pray that you'd bring us back safely together. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll for the afternoon. If you can be back at 1, we'd sure love to have you for the 1 o'clock service. Uh, Drive safe uh, as you leave. And uh, if you go sliding off into the ditch, just give us a call and uh, our deacon who hasn't signed up for the solo will come pull you out. But uh, um, somebody will be glad to help, I know. Uh, Lord bless you. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, We'll see you again. Lord bless you. Let's be dismissed. Praise the Lord.